everybody. Welcome to another episode of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and this is just another group chat. So pretty much open discussion, talk about life, cameras, and Leicas, all that fun stuff, street photography. Um, yeah, uh, as of now, we got John Hendrick and Six P's. I, I, I don't got a name, so I don't know. We got. Hey, bro. Fancy uh, underscore street. Yeah, I remember you now. Okay. I'm using using the business account. Yeah. All right. Uh, it kind of threw me off there. I was like, oh, I, the face looks familiar. All right. So introduce yourself. Nah, so I should I should have uh, sent you a message. No worries. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Mike Hines. Um, been a street photographer for about two years now. Uh, I was uh, on a program with Ricky a little while ago, and uh, I'm a personal trainer when I'm not taking photos or looking after my kids. Okay. And then, John? Um, nothing nothing new, man. Just, <laughs> you know me, every day, out shooting. The, I guess the new thing is, uh, once again, why you did this whole thing. Um bringing the community together. I guess the new thing for me is hanging out with some more of like Justin, you know, between the streets. So, um, that's worked out. And then I ran into, um, Blake. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. So I got to, I got to shoot and, and see some new people, uh, thanks to your podcast. So that's cool. All right. On that, not much room. Appreciate it. Did you sit passenger seat while Drake, Drake. I don't know why I said Drake. No, no, Blake. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, shotgunning. <laughs> okay. Because he's a. Uh, he said no. he drives around and shoots while he's driving. He's so. driving dirty. Yeah, he's riding yeah. dirty over there. Yeah. All That's right. funny. So, Mike, why don't you tell us what's new? What you've been up to since the last time we spoke? Uh. Unfortunately for shooting, not a lot. Um, I had a kid back in November. Yeah, to do it. Uh, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my second, second one, little boy, uh, and uh, hoping to get back into shooting in the next uh, couple of weeks. Okay. Miss it like crazy. So everything I upload is just like old uh, stuff from my archive. <laughs> no worries. You got any techniques you're trying to try out, or you're just going to go and. Um. I'm never happy with my, uh, I guess, my overall composition. Like, mm. I get pretty close to the idea I had in my head when I take the photo. Yeah. But, yeah, really just get out there a lot more and work on comp- uh, composition as a whole, I'd say. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd love to try. I, I know you guys were talking about video. Certainly would love to try and do something in the um, in the video realm maybe later in the year. But, yeah, probably just get back into just normal shooting for the um, for the first part. Okay. Practice zone focusing. What's going on, Nick? All right. Yeah, so you, you got... Uh, What's that? You got What's that some... Nick? I don't know. All right, let me check out the thing. It's always <laughs> like that weird initial connecting phase because it's trying to, yeah, to log yeah. in and you don't know if he's talking or trying to talk. Nick, go ahead. 
give yourself a quick little introduction. Oh, we got yeah, Marie, Marie. my favorite New England photographer. Been looking forward to this for a couple weeks now. All right. Here we are again. All right. So <clears throat> I challenged a lot of people to come up with some, some questions. I got a few for you. Let's see what everybody else has. But go ahead, quick introduction from the last time we spoke. So Nick first, then Jean Marie. Yeah, I think uh, most of us were on here, but uh, Nick Melma in Houston, Texas. I uh, just moved here like a year ago, shooting M11, and just dumped the Q2 reporter like a week ago for another SL2S. I saw so. your. <laughs> I saw um, your reporter on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I brought it up before. I just, nothing against the Q2. Great, such a great camera, right? Amazing. Mm. I just, I don't know if it's a sensor or what. I just can't, I just can't connect to the camera. Like, I can't, I don't get it back to my computer. I'm like, wow. Stop. I'm like, the M11. But even the SL2S, I'm telling you, the SL2S sensor, there's something about that thing. It is like magic. I feel the same way about the M. All the M cameras, or most of them. The Q2, I just, I don't know if it's the lens. It's it's not. Like, I'm not going to figure out about a 28 watch. Um, let's get that straight. But, so I don't know if it's a And I just can't, just couldn't make it happen. So I got rid of it for another SL2S, and we'll see how yeah. that goes so far. Because adapting M glass to an SL, like a 90 Sumicron, whew, that. I mean, that's, that's lights out for me. Yeah. So I got the, <laughs> and let's talk about critical focus of the 90 mil on an SL way easier than on them. I got EVF, but the inside Intel is all yeah. the sensors rendered different. That's probably why. Oh, for, yeah. 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 But I do think it's weird and maybe I'm going too far and I'm kind of a gearhead that Lightroom <laughs> doesn't have, Lightroom doesn't have profiles for an SL2, mm. which I think is odd. Because I used to shoot weddings on an SL2 and an SL2S, and I never had profiles for them, so that was weird. But I love the cameras; they're they're awesome. All right. Hopefully, you get the SL2S reporter. Because here's the biggest reason I pushed them over the edge last week is the sale that Leica was having. Yeah, you have a customer appreciation sale. I got the. Uh, it was twelve hundred bucks off, so it was like out the door for an SL2S, like thirty eight hundred bucks. Can't beat it. So to me, as much as I love reporter, I had all the reporters now that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know going to lame. <laughs> I just love it. The green, something, something about it. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's so well, you're a marine. Yeah. You're probably marine. That's a there you, <laughs> See, there you go. Okay, yeah, exactly. So I just mentally. You know, we spend a lot of money on these cameras anyways. I couldn't spend over twelve hundred bucks more just to have the green one. They yes, just can. couldn't do it. Yeah. So yeah, you can. It's got Kevlar. Come on, man. Damn baby, what's it's going on? You going you looking for ice cream cones? Are you placing them? Of course I am like, Let me see the ice cream cones in your pocket. I'm, You're holding them hostage. I'm selling your secrets. No, I'm How are we doing, guys? I don't I can't actually see everyone on there. I'll say hello. I'm actually out shooting. I'm planning on jumping in from home, but 
as always been the case, the light has come out. It's useful. I cannot waste this opportunity. I've already made some friends that I'm quite pleased with. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd jump in, listen, and then probably be quiet and listen along in the background for a bit. Anything <laughs> you want to, I don't know, say, ask, or I'll just chip in where I can do. But hello, everyone. I'm glad to actually join one of these sessions. Yeah, thank you for joining. It's been some time. We always miss each other. You're all traveling or working. Uh, but for everybody, this is Dan Baker. He's the most notorious ice cream cone shooter in the whole country of England. <clears throat> You'll see all his ice cream cones on your feed, a guarantee. Um, and yeah, he's that's what he's looking for. He's like, oh, we got Simon. So he, Simon and Dan, there you go. And we got Justin. But Hello. Gene. I didn't forget about you, so go ahead. Introduce yourself, uh, where, how you've been since the last time. We'll make our way yeah. around. Yeah. I actually go by Jean Marie. Oh, um, I keep doing so that. I'm sorry. The second time. The second, the second time. time I did that. I'm going to get punched in the I, face. I, I'm just, I'll, well, it's, it's hard to punch a crash potion, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, yeah, Jean Marie Dutcher. I am up in, um, I'm in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, about an hour north of Boston. Um, shoot a lot of streets, um, do some landscape, which has been fun lately with our frigid temperatures and sea smoke and stuff like that. So I have, um, I, I have done a lot of landscape, and of course, that's how I got into photography originally. And a lot of portrait work as well. Um, used to, I heard mention of, of weddings there from Nick, and I uh, used to do some weddings, and then I came to my senses and stepped out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, these days, I am shooting. So I actually, in um, before the end of the year, I picked up an M4. Um, so I am shooting some film, which has been a lot of fun, back to my roots, if you will kind of dating myself, but I, I definitely, um, when I took my first photography class years ago, many, many years ago, um, it was on film. Uh, and it was, um, you know, it was just such a different experience and it's, it's been fun sort of, uh, reconnecting with, with film. Otherwise, um, I shoot primarily with my street work, the M10 monochrome, and I have the M10 and I, uh, do some of the more commercial work with SL2S. So uh, a nice range. I'm, I'm a I'm a Nikon uh, former Nikon shooter from years and years and years ago. So if anyone needs any Nikon gear, has any suggestions for how to dump that? Let me know because I have a lot of it. I need to dump. Yeah. Wow. So, I only have a yeah. an F3. I'm trying to sell it, but then I look yeah. at it and I'm like, there's no point to sell it. I'd hang on to the F3. Yeah, yeah that F3 is a great camera, but. Yeah. So, and I, I love to travel. I know we've got people all over. Um, it's fun because I've actually connected with some of the folks, you know, via Instagram and, and the like down in, you know, New Orleans and, and different spots. So, hey, I've got some travels planned this year, international travels even, although I don't think I'll be in uh, in the UK, but um, plans in Europe and Southeast Asia. So, you never know. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll cross paths and be able to meet in person. Yeah, I heard you're coming to Tokyo in December. The exact dates were <laughs> November 30th to December 3rd. That's what you said. So I'll see you in Tokyo. Man, no, man, I've been to Tokyo. Uh, I, actually, the 
uh, mid um, mid December, I'll be heading over to um, flying into Bangkok. Ah. So I'm headed to Bangkok and Cambodia uh, for about two weeks solo. So if anyone has any any uh, suggestions or hot tips, let me know. Yeah, I've been to Thailand a few times. I don't have any suggestions because <laughs> I wasn't out there for photography. But I do want to go back. Yeah. And- and uh, actually, this month, they just started doing international travel back to Thailand from Okinawa. So I can fly there directly mm-hmm. for like yeah. $60. So I'm planning on doing that. Um, $60? Bucks. Yeah. yeah, I'd hop on that. Yeah. I'd be there like Friday at night, Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd make that a weekend sure. yeah. Like, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Thailand is awesome. A Right. Yeah, I got nothing good for Thailand either. I went there as a sailor, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, John, you yeah. probably went for Cobra Gold. I was yeah. there for no Cobra Gold as well. Oh, so you were yeah, in Karat. There. You were in Karat. Uh, I was in Crow Valley. Okay. And Italy City, uh, Subic Bay, I think, and Subic Bay for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, My dad. I the Philippines. Those yeah. are dad over there? My dad was in um in Udon during oh. uh, in the late sixties, early seventies. Mm-hmm. So Air Force. Fun cool. yeah. All right. So um really quick, we're gonna let Simon King introduce himself. Uh, a lot of people He doesn't have know. audio. He's on mute. Um he does have audio. We actually oh. recorded a podcast oh. before. He's a fan of and probably a really good uh, friend of Dan Baker. So they know each other. <laughs> David. Simon doesn't have audio. He just he put uh, it on the chat. Ah, damn it. All right. So Simon yeah. King, you will not introduce yourself via uh, audio. <laughs> but I'll introduce him. He is a photographer in the UK as well. He does amazing work. And um, check him out. If you can post your, your Instagram uh, in the chat. And that way people can check you out. Your episode will be coming out in a few weeks. And yeah, Justin's just came out yesterday. So uh, mm-hmm. how many congratulation messages did you get in your Instagram? Uh, yeah, all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right. That was short. Okay. So... Uh, I have some <laughs> topics I, I left on my iPad that's in the other room I'm going to go get. But if you guys want to ask each other some questions, I'll be right back. Please feel free. In the silence. The silence. I came ill-prepared. I did not even think of a question. You didn't do your homework? No, I didn't. It's been a week at work. Hmm. Did anyone get out and um, experience their local uh, Lunar New Year celebrations? No, I missed it. Same. I should have. I'm a bad, bad street photographer for now. <laughs> <laughs> There's just such a big influx here that I was like, I don't know. I, 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 that's my biggest form with going out and having to send stuff. Like an event, you know, that's why I don't cover like events. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I hit it up in Boston. It's actually the biggest event uh, in uh, in Chinatown, Boston, and it was. I saw You posted yeah. some stuff, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It's always so much fun. Um, but not just the events going on, but obviously all the people away from like the lion dance and everything. The spectators. Spectators. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I missed it. So. I'm going to start it off with, and someone, I believe it was David Balbian that asked me a question similar, and probably a little bit of Simon King. What do you guys feel like the future of photography will be? So, um, as far as like how people create images, what they will use, and the longevity... What do we expect to see? Hmm. More ice cream cones. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, I'll say this. I'll say, um, I think, this is just shotgunning because you asked the question, but I think, uh, I think the hardcore film photographers are probably going to um, have their moment because I think it's going to start to die down a little bit yep. and whatever is left over is going to kind of be like the people that are going to resonate because digital is an influx, right? It's, it's oversaturated. Everybody's got a digital camera from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the $300 Canon to like, you know, what we shoot. Um, but I think the film photographers, the hardcore film photographers are probably going to be the ones that are going to stand out. That's what I think. I don't know. In like five years, you know, like long-term project. So, yeah. Do you know what? Interestingly, I've actually seen a influx of the, um, especially the hardcore uh, film shooters that I never thought would uh, transition to digital. I've seen quite a few of my friends have actually moved over to digital mic systems. So they've gone from having uh, like M4s or M6s or something like that. Um, and jumped onto, I mean, they're looking at uh, things like the M9 at the moment just because of the CCD. Calling into Kodak, yeah. So people are absolutely loving those. And I've got a friend that's just been pouring around um, Asia. I'm not sure if it's actually still out, but it probably is. He's taking an M9 with it. it actually, it's just upgraded. Well, again, never thought I'd see the day when he's carrying an M10 around with him. Um, yeah, so. He's actually now digitally shooting. Um, I think he shoots a little bit of film as well, but I think there's, there's going to be an, more of an influx. I think you're right with the fact that there's going to be the, um, the good quality or the hardcore film photographers that are going to obviously stay around and um, quality stuff's really going to float to the top, I think. Uh, I'm going to see probably a lot more of or higher quality um, film work uh, and possibly less of it, which is going to be quite nice to see, but I think it's going to be quite an interesting time of development within the digital world, especially with the uh, influx of um, AI and things like that that we're seeing that's more prominent now. I'm not saying it's going to replace us, but I think what we'll end up doing is probably producing work that's more expressive rather than documentary in style. Um, I think that might be quite a interesting turn. I think it's just a big mixing pot at the moment of all styles, but I think I think we might start to see a little bit more experimentation, especially within um, 
in the genre I'm definitely into, which is obviously street on like, like candid street photography, I think will be more expression within that. Um, and it's probably going to be an echo of, um, of like times gone by. So we start looking at like movements from like the 20th century, and I think it's probably going to be a little bit of that. Wow. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I have a, a theory about film that I'll get into a little later. Um, but I think Simon said something. So if he, let me see. I'm going to read it what he said. Uh, okay, so he said, film will be the only way you can be sure something wasn't AI generated. Yes, and that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, only because the question, like I said, was asked to me and then it sparked a conversation about a book. I don't know if any of you heard of this. Um, the Book of Velez. Let me let me Google search this. And YouTube videos pop up about AI editing and whatnot. Yes. So this guy, I believe he's a Magnum photographer. He did a project where he went around and he took real photos, but then he added like AI stuff on them. And you can't even tell like he didn't Yep, it was. Yep, there it is. Uh, it is a yeah, Book of Velez, Jonas Bendixson. So, yeah, I believe Simon King's the one that put me on this one. So I'm asking the question he asked me, and you guys, see, I seen samples of the book, and yeah, it's like if you look real close, you can see like some of the people in there are like definitely AI created, but like all the elements in the photo are very, very similar to being real life. So, AI, what is everybody's opinion on that with photography? That's the second part of that question. I haven't really seen anything that looks like it was actually taken with a camera so far. Especially, like, people's hands and stuff. They look crazy. I think I think we'll end up being. Um, I just had this conversation. I think the, and this is just you know me again, like thinking. Um, <clears throat> photographers are going to be more like art directors, and like later, 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 like ten years from now, like anyone can go in there and type "man on the platform," blah blah blah, you know, like and then get that AI rendition. But like we're going to be the guys that are going to be like, you know, lights coming from the left, hard shadows, blah, blah, blah. Cause we know what we look at and what we like. So our ability to like go in there and like fine tune an AI image, that's what's probably going to like separate some of the great ones. And then some of like just basic stuff that people are jumping on there doing. So I don't know. I, I think somehow we're going to all become art directors. So, <laughs> so at some point digital shooters would be like film shooters, like the purists. <laughs> yeah, the purest, the yeah. purest AIers. Exactly. Where I was going with it. <clears throat> That's funny. All right, quickly, right before uh, we had some some last minute people come in. Let me get them to introduce themselves, and we'll go back to the question. So we got Dan DeCenzo. Sorry if I mispronounced your last name. And Fred Ranger. I gotta get names better. I'm, I'm gonna get better. All right, Fred, Dan. Hello, hey. Um, hey, guys, sorry, I'm late to the party. I'm happy to be there. Hope you are great. And uh, yeah, I missed uh, the last uh, call, so 
right? Never late to say Happy New Year and all the best for 2023. And um, yeah. So yeah, you, you were talking about AI. So I'm looking forward for that topic. It's pretty hot at the moment. Okay. No. Still muted, Frank. Sorry. <laughs> you just wave it. Yeah. All right. Well, while we wait Dad, for, dude, for him, the best radio boy, he does. He's a official radio guy. Uh, you wanted to say yeah. something about AI, Dan? So go ahead. While we wait for Fred to fix his mic. Um, yeah, I mean, um, there are lots to say. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm I'm coming from uh, from the Netherlands, um, actually from Belgium, and moved to the Netherlands. But I'm also uh, coming from the audio world, I'm audio engineer for many years and music producers and also in parallel doing uh, photography and videography. So um, AI is, of course, in audio a little bit uh, longer on the market than... Uh, I mean, actually, it, 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 it's the same. Uh, uh, like I said in, in, my, in my podcast uh, when, when we had the interview, I see so so many similarity with uh, with uh, the audio world in the in the um, photography world, and AI, of course, is part of that. Um, so there are a lot to say, a lot to to uh, to think about, and yeah, I see that as a as another tool. Uh, probably we are we are shifting into uh, um, humans giving advices and being a. Uh, um, strong with our expertise later on than, um, and using all the tool just to achieve the results, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I can completely agree. Now you can hear me, right? We got you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back with the voice. Mm-hmm. If you stand a line, yeah. I'm in a t-shirt. Oh, no, that's not that show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just literally had this conversation with Valérie Jardin, who I, I guess you could say is a purist, but uh, French photographer only shoots with one camera, and I, I, I started asking the same question, Ricky, as you, on my podcast about AI, and she had a very interesting uh, take on it, where you know you, you can't be against progress. Uh, I always go back to Henri Ford, who, who said, if I would ask my customers what they want, they would have said faster horses, and then he went on and invented the uh, uh, engine car. So, so for, for me, I think, uh, and I guess Valérie, it will be there. And it will be a tool, uh, as uh, Dan said. But at the, at the end of the day, there will always be a place for art that we create ourselves without the help of computers. So without asking someone else to do the job. Um, I think it's going to be great to see what people can do with it. To, to John's point, uh, maybe you can create something that you know, the humans cannot uh, do. That's the, 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 the whole point of computers, uh, to enhance Reality, but that, but at the end of the day, something that happens in real life captured at a fraction of a second that will still be something that people will be interested in. And thank, uh, thanks to people like Valérie Jardin, she'll continue doing it with her X100V, I think is the, her, her camera she's been using for the past 10 years. She'll be looking at AI from a distance, but still invest time, effort in building that craft of photography in a more quote unquote traditional way. So it's, uh, I, you cannot be against it. But you have to understand the importance of it. That that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. How do we create these AI images? Like I don't know. Is it like Photoshop filter? 
By the way, it's as easy as asking <laughs> Chat GPT to do something for you. There's a, a, an art version of Chat GPT that you can ask the same man on a mm-hmm. uh, platform with, uh, to John Hendricks' point, man on the platform with nice shadow coming from the right, and you'll get it. You can even then tweak it to say, hey, can you make it a little bit more, um, you know, Van Gogh-like, and, 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 and it will do it. So uh, yeah. it's very, very, very easy. By the way, yesterday I saw a a rap from Eminem on SEO, and I thought it was the real song. It's just to tell you how AI has come a long way, and mm-hmm. um, it was it was Eminem rapping about SEO. It was, it was kind of <laughs> mind boggling. But hey, we're, we're there. We can deep fake photos. We can deep fake people. We can deep fake voices. Um, that's where we're at, and it's easy as a guy in a computer asking a, a, an AI to do it. So that's that's how easy it is. So you're saying I don't have to go to work no more. That's exactly what I'm doing. You have to be able to understand how to program a new type of AI so then you can make billions. (laughs) You're not lying. (laughs) All right. We got a new face. We got Daryl Peacock. Welcome. Introduce yourself, please. We haven't recorded our session yet, but that's coming. That's in the works. Uh, So please, thank you for joining first. And then, yeah, introduce yourself. Hey, uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, it's so it, I go by it's Darrell. I know it's, it's spelled Daryl, but uh, it's pronounced Darrell. Damn, I'm born and raised in everybody's New York. Everybody's names today. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't say names today. anymore. Yeah, I'm just gonna say yeah, we're a new person. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, born and raised in New York City. Spent a few years in LA. Back in New York City as we speak now. Um, I met Ricky through, I believe I met you through, uh, Frank. Frank Jackson. Frank, yeah, Frank Jackson introduced, well, he put me on to you. Um, but yeah, I'm a street photographer, documentary style, and portraiture. I preferably do black and white, um, and then dabbling between film and digital, the past few years, leaning more into film. Yeah, no, that's pretty much pretty much it about me right now. Okay. So, does anyone else want to give their thoughts about AI before I ask the next question? Well, I think when you think about AI, think about when uh, they used to paint like hyper realistic paintings of people. And then cameras were invented mm. and then paintings just started to get really abstract. But on the other hand, AI can also do the abstract. So it's kind of hard to tell if it's just going to replace us or the better it gets. Yeah. It's true. I still like watch, looking at those, those like time-lapse videos of the hyper-realistic painting. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. now it's like film. Like you go back to it. Art, art's amazing. Oh, we got West. We got who else? Someone else came in. The room filled up. And oh, and Stan, Stan Brock. All right. So I already passed my expectations of people joining. Once again, thank you, uh, West. Go ahead. Quick little introduction. What you've been up to since the last group chat we had. Uh, Stan, you can go after, and then we'll ask you the same question. Good day, good day, good day, good day. Happy Saturday, everybody. Um, 
what have I been up to? Uh, a bit of archiving lately. Um, it's been like the slowest shoot week that I've had in like two years. But overall, I'm doing pretty well. Okay. Happy to be here with all you good people. Well, welcome. Hey, what's, what's up? What's up, everybody? Um, I'm Stan. And I haven't really been up too much lately, man. Just developing a lot of stuff that I shot last year and slowly getting back into posting online and just living and, and traveling, man, outside of that. So, Okay. So we were speaking about AI-created photos. If you guys like to share your opinions, thoughts on that. Um. I have a weird opinion about that type of stuff, man. I mean, like some of the, the generated art, it's like dope. And I have no doubt that people can actually do it on their own without the aid of uh, technology. So when, when I see stuff like that, I wonder, like, what's the end goal? Um, with, with every facet of life, like even, because I know eventually it's going to creep into music. Then you're going to start seeing music videos. Then you're going to start seeing, you know, a long list of, things that make you go, man, like this person was extremely talented and they were able to produce this or you're not going to have that anymore. You're just going to have art that's created by technology that's pretty much taken a place of, of, of people and stuff like that. So I'm not real high on it, uh, but I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I, I, I didn't come across some dope stuff. So, Okay. What's? It's funny, uh, Chris and I spoke about uh, AI-generated photography, I think, a week or two ago on our little small section. Um, it's cool, you know, but it kind of lacks the, the depth of feeling that you would get from a human making things. Um, I think it, it'll serve a purpose, but I don't think it'll overwrite us as actual photographers. That makes sense. Yep. It does. All right. Anybody I else? I think if you're a product photographer, um, or so, yeah, if you're a product photographer, if you're like a commercial photographer, whoa, I would be scared. If you're, yeah. if you're, if the outcome is, you know, art or street and so on, ah, I, I'm not so worried. But if I'm a product and commercial photographer, I'm like, holy crap! I, maybe I need to need to maybe I need to venture into. Uh, other type of photography. It's going to depend on the companies, right? Like if I'm, if I'm a big company, right. And marketing, my marketing budget is so much. Why would I pay, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand for a photographer? If my designer guy could probably get in there and do something, you know, and then it depends on the look. Like remember when gap was doing like a really rough look, they were grabbing people off the streets and putting them in clothes. Like they wanted people to have like tattoos and stuff like that. Like there may be brands that uh want like that old aesthetic, right? And like, hey, we're gonna do all our commercial branding film. We're gonna have like a certain look. So it's, they're gonna really dictate like where where this all goes. You know, we're just gonna be the tool. That's why I go back to like what I said. Become like you know, we have to embrace it. Yeah, you know, I, I think in in my humble opinion, I think you embrace it. You look at what you bring to the table, and then if like we have a very creative eye and you know how to manipulate, you know, like light and, and what you want as an image and then start dabbling in it and, and then get into the art directing scene, right? Like jump in there and someone, you see something like Levi put something out and go in there and do the same thing, but do it better, you know, 
dictate where the shadows go, dictate a little bit more composition, layering, whatever. And then they're going to see a difference. They're going to be like, oh man, like who did that? You know, maybe like a photographer. So. Yeah. I did. All right. No more on AI? Are we done? I think we're done. All right. We're done with AI. So <laughs> film has been a real hot topic in this conversation. And I want everybody to know that I'm saying this first. That I think we are headed kind of like when digital photography first came around. Because, you know, film is becoming so expensive. And if you haven't noticed, everybody's selling their film cameras that they saved six years to buy an M6. And like is re-releasing the M6. And I think you guys said it. The real hardcore, passionate film photographers will continue shooting film. But with the way film companies are raising their prices on film, people are starting to sell it, losing all the equipment. I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, there's probably some film companies going back into bankruptcy again for a second time. Now... I'm saying film will still stay around only because there is so many more cheaper film options out there. And the film is actually really nice. So in Tokyo alone, there's like so many, they're like, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of compare them to like uh, microbreweries that create their own beer. So all these people are starting to create their own film and sell it at a cheaper cost point. You know, for me, if I just want to shoot film, does it have to be Kodak? Can it be this one? You know, the results should be the same. So I think we're going, we, we already make, made it to the apex of popularity of film cameras once again. The film, the camera manufacturers were, you know, they probably knew why they weren't going to manufacture film cameras. And now I believe there will be a decline in the popularity of film because even real hardcore film shooters are saying it's expensive. So what's everybody's opinion on the longevity of film? Unfortunately, I think the price is going to stay pretty high for a while. I don't see the market going down anytime soon, especially if they know people are going to pay the price. I do think it's still going to hold. Uh, I think it's going to retain that. I don't want to say uh, it's, it's going to have that same respect. I mean, the people that, that make art, people that look at ads, people that look at, at photos with like uh, the scrupulous eye, they'll know uh, if someone is still making things in a, a genuine way, especially if you're shooting things like large format, like that's, that's really obvious to tell. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's kind of white. <laughs> but also in, in that in that in that concept of the price going up, and, and it's kind of going to weed people out. You know, people that are just here to to keep up with appearances, here who are carrying cameras because it looks good, here uh, buying rolls of film to to just show off to people. Like yeah. those people will probably put it out. You know, but um, it's it's definitely a long game for anybody that loves film or shooting film. I've noticed that 
a lot of people on Instagram, I don't know why, but it, they're using the camera exactly like you said. A fashion. It's a fashion accessory now. So you get all yeah. nice and dressed up. And then like the people are creating these Instagram reels just displaying the camera. It's a fashion statement. Anybody else film? You see a lot of these film photographers going over to like Digicams, like the early, I guess the mid 2000s, because it has supposed to have like a filmic look. And some of them have like the CCD sensors in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of Leica M8, M9 supposedly trying to replicate them. At that point, you're just like, hey, just. Buy a damn film camera. You <laughs> film look, you know, for three grand. Well, it depends. I mean, you've got a plethora of cheap film camera. You can Canon Auto Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. With three grand, you can buy a two hundred dollar camera and spend oh, the rest. Yeah. Film. yeah, yeah. You can buy one roll <laughs> of instead of getting an M nine. <laughs> yeah, but you can always bulk out, right? Like the, the survivors are going to be the guys that are like, I'm going to shoot either way, and I'm just going to go out there and look at lots and buy like big rolls of film and I'll focus on that if I have to, you know? Yeah, 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 I know. That's that's, that's your shout out, bro. (laughs) Well, I'm going to save his bad money, man. I'm still at regular film prices doing book loaded. Yeah, or even cheaper. If you get cheaper film, you can be like at a dollar a roll, you know? X-ray film, you know? Kind of random. When when did uh, Kodak Ultra Ultra Max 400 cost the same as Portra 400. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wait, Wait, that a cheap consumer film back then? Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. I was... I went to a camera shop just to see if they had some Fujifilm macros in there. And they had Kodak E100 for $60 for one box. Dang. God dang it. Yeah, but that... That is with the Japanese import hike, but still like $60 for one roll of Kodak. It's going to sit there for a so while. So $80 because it's slide film, right? It <laughs> to get it developed and scanned. You're like under 100 bucks for what? For 36 shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is crazy. Just about. I realizing you know, that people were shooting mostly black and white. I could just hand the list at the house. I don't got to worry yeah, about for sure. you know, that other stuff. For yeah. sure. Thus, I think going back to what Dan Baker was saying, where so many more people or, or his friends were actually converting to digital because it's so much more convenient and the cost. You don't have to work a second job just to buy film. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sure. All right. So we got Chris Facey back in here. Welcome. Quick little introduction, catch up. What you've been up to since the last time? I've been, um, I received that grant that I was telling you about. Yeah. So I've just been, I've been using that to make sure the cameras work, everything works, so that when I pick the dates to start working specifically on the formal portraiture parts of my project, I know everything's a go. But the camera has been, it's been up and down. Um, Sunday, it fell. And at the studio and kind of like now it has now the camera got rickets man I don't know what's going on with it it's, it's all kinds of problems but then um, I lucked out and met a gentleman who lives not too far from here um, who said he used to have a big camera store 
called Camera Works, and he did repairs. He learned how to do camera repairs in the Navy. And I met with him, and he gave me a, a RB67 body for like $150. What? Um, Dang. That's been the cheapest then, RB ever. And because he wanted to see if he still had it, he he wanted to take the other one in and see if he could fix it. He says, I'm trying to fix it for me, see what he can do. But he says he has all of these film photography equipment and and film cameras and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to make him my best friend. <laughs> it sounds like he's already your best friend. <laughs> Not yet. He's, he's really, he's a really old dude. So like, you know, it takes him a while to respond to text messages and things of that nature. But he seemed to be very excited about it. And then when he found that I was from New York, he really lit up because he's like, he loves going to New York. And he remembers as a kid, he would go and watch the old games at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn and all of this. Like he's that old, but Hey, he got a whole storage place full of cameras, and I'm trying to get in there. Yeah, if he has another RB for $100, I will buy that. I will probably never use it, but for $100, can't say no. It was just the body. It was just the body. No no focus on the screen, no back, no hey. none. It was just the body. I live in Japan. I can find all of that easy. Uh, yeah, so we need to talk about another back. I need, a, I need another back, man. Um, uh, I believe I saw one in a camera shop close to my house, but I don't know if there's a difference between the RZ and the RB backs. The, it, they had two. I think there is. Yeah. I think there is. Okay. Yeah. Cause the RZ is more electronic, right? Yeah. It, yeah. They're definitely different. I have an automatic wind on the, on the back of my, um, RB right now. Yeah, probably and I'm learning parts about this camera I never knew because I, when the first camera fell, I was going to try to fix it myself. Mm-hmm. So I went online and I found the PDF. And when I seen all those pieces and parts, negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no parts. I'll, I'll forget a screw somewhere. I was trying to fix the C330. One of the small screws fell inside the body of the camera and it's in there still. It works. But the, the screw is in there somewhere. As long as you don't get no light leak. Oh, you need that light proof box. No, that that it's all right. I took it out yesterday to see how it was running around. And so you know if you use these old film cameras, people look at you interestingly outside. So it's a little bit easier to get photos. So when I was going out with the RB, all of the looks. Now, when I carry the C three thirty around my neck, all of the looks. But when you put it on a tripod and walk around, people don't know what you're doing. They think you work for like the city surveying the ground or whatever you're doing. And I'm like, whatever works. But they still come in, interestingly. They still want to see what's up. So like they, it's like fish in a barrel, man, sometimes. Yeah, I don't get that with the digital one so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, anybody... I got Darrell over here. How y'all get Darrell to jump on the line? I sent him an invite, and he said he got me, so I got him. Okay, Chris. What's up, young Peacock? <laughs> Think of my guy. Chilling, man. How's it? How's it? How's it? How's uh, North Carolina stream, bro? Beautiful, beautiful, brother. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I made my way back east. You know. Are you back? You back there now? Yeah, yeah. A little family issue, but. Yeah. So love. I I ain't stressing it now. I make it work. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Good to see you too, bro. Small world, right? 
All right. So I got one last question that I could think of before I started this. Uh, I hope you guys got some other ones or some some really good input on this. But um, technique versus skill. I Google all kinds of cool shit on whenever I'm just in the, you know, thinking mode. And there actually is a lot of difference between both of them. Sounds similar, but it's different. I'd like to hear your guys' opinion, photography-wise, technique versus skill. I have none of them, but that's very easy. All right. Straight to it. (laughs) You got something. I got a camera and a lot of courage. Yeah. Camera and courage. That's uh, that's a third leg on that one. All right. All right. I don't know. Technique. I think you need technique, and then you so that you can build on your skill. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's important. So it's not like I don't think it's a one or other thing. You need both. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I'll uh, yeah. I'll go. I'll I'll talk about it later. But I want to get you guys your input on it. So. I'm gonna go down the line. I'm gonna call on everybody so no one thinks they're they're gonna skate away. So I'm gonna start off with Mike because you've been a little quiet over there in the little corner. So technique versus skill. Um. Yeah. No. I I agree. I I think um. I think it's good to have the the technique and the skill. Um. Don't think it replaces um. You know the natural feel, or you know depending on what type of photography you take. I don't think it um necessarily always replaces being in the moment. There's some there's some great photos out there, even from like say uh Henry Cartier Brisson that were like so quick that he probably would have loved to have framed them better. Um definitely important to have. Probably not always the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going now Nick, you're next. Yeah, I mean, real quick on it, I, I feel like I probably sound like everybody else, but you don't have to detect it. I feel like you got to develop your skills to get the technique, right? Like, that's how you build it. You, but you build that by repetition, going out all the time, continuing to shoot. And I think you get that, you, right? You build that skill that you get the foundation that gets the technique. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. It does. I guess that would be my quick two cents on it. Justin. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think um, the technique is kind of like the baseline. And then I'd say that would build up your skill to where things become second nature. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that point, then I guess you, you have skill because you can just eyeball things and, or you can, uh, you can like um, expect things to happen you know, while walking around and kind of get a feel for what's moving around you. All right. Really quick, we got my good friend, CJ Mendez, also the LSPC Photographer of the Year recipient for 2022. Good shit. Uh, Welcome. Is his audio on? Or he's probably still trying to connect. Anyway, when you get your audio up, just uh, go ahead and quick introduction. How you been since the last time you've been on, which was probably like a year ago. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, let me see if – hold on. Let me see if this video starts here. There we go. Oh, oh, there we go. That deployment, you, you lost hella weight. Yeah, man. Well, even before the deployment, I started kicking it, like, I don't know, February last year before I left. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a few people here that I know. So, and for everyone else, hope you guys are doing well. My name is Carlos. Uh, me and Ricky met, what was it, 26, 2018? Yeah. yeah, so we're both uh, stationed in Okinawa. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico originally, born and raised, living in the UK now. Stationed out here with the U.S. Air Force. And, yeah, so... It's good to be here. It's been a while, man. Last time it was uh, about a year because I was gone in Dubai for seven months. So it's definitely been a while. Yeah. But great photographer, great skills, award well-deserved. So there you go. I appreciate all the support, bro. Uh, Really quick, how has your photography been? I saw you posting up some, some more photos. You went to New York recently. Yeah, so um, I hadn't taken leave for like two years. So I went to New York for a week, and then I went home for three weeks. And, you know, New York, it's always great for street. It's the mecca, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, back home, I felt like photography really connected me to the culture, you know, because last time I was back home was five years ago. And at that time, I wasn't really shooting so I wanted to go back with the camera and try to like capture uh, some of the things that I think make home home, you know? So I came back with a lot of pictures, um, pictures, videos, also shot some drone footage and whatnot. So it was definitely very different. Um, I wouldn't say it, say it was street, but it was more like documentary oriented. And uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely like, different looking at the culture through the lens i haven't done that before so it's just some a different experience it's very nice really enjoyed it your style evolved you grew up yeah i'd say so okay. I'm, I'm more uh <clears throat> i used to take photos of whatever you know and now i'm more like focused on and i go out with like an idea of what i want to capture or whatever Oh, does that always happen? No, but at least in my head, I have like an idea, yeah. <laughs> you know? I think we're all, that happens to a lot of us. Plan, yeah. Plan B always, it seems to be plan A. Plan exactly. A, plan and some of the best pictures that I think we all end up getting are pictures that we did not expect to get, you know? That's always the way it, the way it goes. Yep. Turn around and they're right there in front of you. Cool. All right. Well, welcome back. It's good to see you. Uh, congratulations on your, your scene photography through a whole different lens. Literally, like, not camera lens, but life lens. And yeah. um, welcome. We'll get to you and you can contribute to the conversation. Uh, question we were talking about was technique versus skill in photography environment and we left off we got we just finished with justin so we'll go to Darrell. we'll go next 
Um, for me, I like in technique and skill. Like I, I, I take it to like the sports analogy. But like you look at the NBA, all the NBA players are skilled. But then it's the, the ones, the top tier ones, is the ones who uh, work on each technique. They take it to another level, and it's kind of like we look at us as photographers. Any, like everybody who understands the camera has a skill, has the skill of photography. It's just we all have our own signature technique of how we how we go about taking taking photos. So that that's how I look at it. Like skill is your foundation. Skill is is what you learn from, from the jump. That's what you start off with. But just your, it's your technique that takes you to the next level. Yep. Very well said. All right. Dan, you next. Uh, maybe it's a language uh, difference because I'm French speaking. But uh, for me, I would say uh, what uh, Darrell says. What completely flipped. I would say that that uh, skills is more the techniques with with the mindset together, uh, which is technique. It's really more the well, more the technical part of. Um, taking pictures and skills is it's technique plus mindset that gives you this extra um, something different that everybody else puts your own um, identity I would say that's my vision very good Jean Marie I got it right this time <laughs> you did it right Ricky um, I'm I, like yeah, Dan, je pense on fait aussi. Uh, so I, I understand what you're talking about. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Darrell on that. I, I think of technique really kind of taking it to the to the next level and skill is more foundational, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it, they're synonyms, really. Like, if you look them up, they're synonyms. So um, one could, you know, potentially use them interchangeably. But for myself, I think of technique as really taking skill beyond the basics and yeah. Okay. Fred, you got the paper. You look like you're trying to I got to the paper. I took some notes. Yeah, here we go. What's yeah, I'm trying to articulate my, my thoughts. So, but, uh, for, for, for me at least, uh, uh, I think that you develop skills and you acquire techniques. So you can go to a workshop with Phil Penman, let's say in Tokyo, I'm just inventing it. Yeah, yeah, you like can that. come. We got three slides <laughs> yeah, Coming up, coming up. But, but you, and then, you, you know, there, I, I think technique is transferable. You can, you can transfer some technique. You can teach some technique. Like, hey, if you use your lens like that, if you're at this distance and that distance, so on and so forth. So for me, skill is the long run process and technique, technique is kind of a more physical, immediate knowledge that you can transfer. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit uh, aligned with Dan on that, on that front. And I also speak French, so maybe there's a French connection here with the, the way we look at skills versus yeah. uh, technique. French connection. I like that. There you go. <clears throat> I don't know what you just said, Fred, but I like the way you said it. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. <laughs> I, we got some French. All right, there we go. Evening. Evening. All right, Stan, you're next. <clears throat> Yeah, to kind of bounce off of what Darrell said, I think skills are like the foundational raw talent that people have and technique is more like theory and you can use that to push whatever your strong points are from your raw talent. So um, that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah. All 
Chris Facey. Chris Facey. Oh, yeah, pretty much what I, you know, what I said earlier. I think technique is what you can learn. You, you need that. Like you needed to know how to how to do something. Like how do you do a long exposure shot or something? That's a technique you can learn how to do that. Everyone can learn how to do it. But the skill is what happens when you take it to a whole nother plane. Like, I, I'm going to take this technique and do something totally off the wall with it that somebody wouldn't have thought of. Like, that, I think that comes with you knowing, understanding all of the foundational aspects of what techniques are. <laughs> all right. Wes? I was going to say, you should last right now. I'm say, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like at this point, everyone said it all, man. Like, all I know is when I, when I was when I was on my path, I had one and not the other for a long time. Yeah. Um, it was a skill over technique for a very long time, and then gradually I gained better uh, technical prowess over my cameras, and it was a little easier. So. Right. It is. I mean, it's not. And I don't subscribe to that being everybody's, you know, story either. Some people are really, 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 really tech, and the the imagination that comes with just being just being a skill set is something that it can be learned, but it also it requires a lot of time and energy. So one or the other at first, and then you got to build on the other. Why not both at the same time? Yeah. Not not at first, no. Okay. And we got Jim McDermott. He snuck in here like a little ninja. I got you. I got the list. <laughs> That's a good segue, man. Because <laughs> when I was when I was listening to everybody talk, I I was thinking about two movies: um, The Matrix, Shout Out to Chris and Wes, and uh, and Enter the Dragon. And and I think these questions of technique and skill, and, and we talk about luck and all that stuff. Luck. Those are I think all those things are, and whether it's luck or skill. I think all those things are kind of transitional questions that we ask ourselves, like until we transcend them. And it's like, it's like in the matrix when Neo in the beginning, he's totally clueless walking around like we are young new photographers. And then all of a sudden he's like, I know Kung Fu, you know? And it's like, because you took one good picture. Right. And then when you get your technique together, when you get your skill together, you transcend all that shit. And you control the matrix. You make the luck. You, the technique and the skill, you don't think about any of that shit. It just flows. It's like in the beginning of Enter the Dragon, he's talking to this student and he's like, how did that feel to you? And the guy goes, let me think. And he smacks him up, briskly smacks the kid on the head and says, don't think, feel, you know? And then he's like, it is like a finger pointing at the moon. Don't focus too much on the finger or you will miss all the heavenly glory. <laughs> right? So, to me, it's like all of that shit boils down to these are questions that we ask ourselves until we've reached the level of mastery with the craft in our environment where they no longer become things that we even think about. And I think everybody on this call has had moments where you don't think about any of that shit. You're not like, what's my F-stop? Where am I standing? How am I framing? You're just flowing. And that's when the best pictures come. And you can fucking bring luck up out of the pavement because I've seen it. I've seen us conjure things like just walking down the street being in the zone and something happens and you just move into it and it's like you it's like a movie set and just things just happen and it's it's really about getting to a level for me where you're attuned 
to that where you're so confident in your craft. I'm not saying I'm there at all, but I can, I have glimpses of it and just getting to that point where it flows and all of that self-consciousness and all that thinking is, is over. And it's, it's like, it's just a connection between you, the camera, your environment, the light, everything. And you just pull up the magic. And honestly, if you look at the greats in our craft, I think all of those masters are people who are, who have found a way to live in that zone. And, you know, maybe part of that comes from them doing that as their life endeavor. And I know some of us on the, on the call are, are committing ourselves to live that life. And, you know, if you want to get there, if you look at the Joseph Fidelka picture and say, how the fuck does he do that again and again and again? Read about the guy's life. I mean, if you think he's ever thinking about technique versus skill versus block, just look at a Joseph Fidelka book, you know? I mean, not to be flippant about it or, or, or elitist about it, but I, I think that there is a place that we're all striving for, and every time we go out and shoot, we get closer to it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, beautiful 30-degree morning in New York. <laughs> There's two people mm-hmm. out shooting. For people that can't see, he's got amazing glasses on. Yeah. Damn, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Sorry, 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 sorry. Great mind, great mind. I was good. Honestly, you know what? Honestly, the glasses are, everything else I'm wearing is like sketchers and other cheap <laughs> shit. And when I'm walking around Soho and I'm meeting all these like really people, they all they look at is my glasses. And I'm like, thank God, I got to wear something that's a little fire so that they don't look at me like, who's this? the old motherfucking trying to so thank you for noticing it's intentional you're a true creative little, little op- creative soul right I'm there I'm a boy <laughs> <laughs> you look like I'm telling you it's it's fashion week and yesterday I'm walking up to these beautiful people yeah it's New York fashion week I know, there's, I know. These be- there's these beautiful people in New York like it, it's crazy it's right now it's it's insane. It's off the hook in New York. And I'm walking up to people who literally are, are in magazines and they're like, can make glasses? And I'm like, head to toe, they're dressed like straight out of Vogue. Yeah. And I'm like, you're looking at my fat ass? Do you like my glasses? Like, thank yeah. you. You know, mission accomplished. So anyway. At least they're not you handing know. you money. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I, like, they look down at my sneakers and I'm like, no, no. Look above, look above my nose. Look above the tip of my nose. Don't look at my sneakers. Anyway, thank you. Uh, no worries. Thank you. I think that kind of just nothing else can be said now. So <laughs> that was the wrap up on the three conversation talking points that I could come up with. Hoping somebody else could come up with some. So what do you guys got <laughs> for each other? Is it what you wear or how you approach it? Ooh. What you wear, or how you're approaching. Yo, elaborate. Yeah. Peace. All right. So, like, you know, sometimes uh, when I'm in the streets, right, uh, some of my experiences are interesting. You know, some days I'll go outside with all black on, and people will be, you know, some, some you know, hey, how you doing? Shit like that. But, you know, there's a day I, I'll go out and I'll have like camel pants, a blue hoodie, uh, you know, camera will be around my neck. And I don't know if it's the weather or what I'm wearing or just, you know, maybe it's a good day for the world. 
Everyone's mad fucking chipper, man. Hey, how's your day? How you doing today? Hey, what's going on, bro? Bro, what? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. So I, I like, I think that's a solid like question to ask. Do you think it has anything to do with how you approach, or is like what you're wearing as you approach, like the optics of it all? What, what do you think it is when it comes down to approaching strangers? I don't want to seem too shallow or superficial, but when I, I intentionally am very cognizant of what I wear, um, just because I, I, I uh, took this from Greg. Hatton, shout out to Greg Hatton's like, um, I, I think we're like, um, when we're all out there, we kind of represent the craft. And I think, um, I just want to represent us in like a, a, a good light. You know what I mean? So like, I try to, I try to dress in a manner that I very neutral. Like I can approach someone who's very high society looking you know, fashionable or, you know, someone down in their luck, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to appear like with a Rolex talking to a guy who's, you know, down in his luck, you know, trying to take a shot. So, um, I, I just, you know, and then the extreme the other way, right. I don't want to be like so super bummy and then going out there and then people like don't even want me to approach them. Right. So, um, I'm very cognizant of what I wear. I think, I think it's what you wear can make the entrance to taking the shot a little easier for both people. Right. For the whole situation. Yeah. I also think it depends on, also depends on where you're at. Cause you know, in New York, usually the creative uniform is usually all black. <laughs> when you out running around, it's usually just all black. Um, and I too have experience if I put on yellow, like a yellow shirt or something, people, I don't know, the energy changes. I guess I look more inviting. And on the outside looking in, it does look like that. Like all black, everything kind of symbolizes that introverted energy. And as soon as you put a little splash of color, there's a whole color science behind it. We're just putting like little color on you you got a different glow about you uh people you know no, nobody's looking at you in the wrong way so mm-hmm. how i combat it is i still want to wear my all black Wes, you already know that i just put on a fedora hat or a pork pie yeah. hat and your vest and your vest <laughs> and, 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 and my vest and that just changes the game <laughs> that just changes it all the time it's so interesting because like people either compliment the vest or they'll compliment the compliment the hat and even if it's not for photography they'll see that the vest is like a fishing vest. Then they want to talk about fishing, like fishing. And it just opens up the door for so many different avenues of different things. But I do think what you wear definitely, definitely can dictate how your photographic experience is going to go for that day, for sure. The white tee. Now, the only thing I did was put out there that you're representing the craft when you go out there and you know, not not to look too bummy, not to look too like executive or whatever, but you're representing the craft. I think that's um I think that's such a great idea and Yeah, well that, that, that's pretty much like but but I, I really love the idea that when you go out you dress to represent the craft. I think that's really cool. There there does need to be say though, said though, um that if you look at the the history of photography and, and again, all the people who we deify, they're all schlubs. <laughs> like Robert Frank looks like someone you would give change to, spare change to, right? Like all other than maybe Cartier Brisson, who probably dressed nice because he was a rich kid. Um, and maybe Eagles Ralph Gibson because. That. Pardon? Eggleston, yeah, Eggleston was not that. Eggleston was not that, yeah. But. As a craft, like it, if you look at 
I mean, come on. If you look at the back of like any of the photo books that we ever buy and you look at the picture of the photographer, you're like, I think this guy's the super in my building. You know, like they're not, they're not, we're not typically a stylish bunch. So, um, with a few notable exceptions, but I, I don't know. I think for me, it all comes from the internal, you know, it, it's like you can walk down the street and I don't know, maybe this is just like an instinctive response, but whatever you're giving out energy wise is what you're going to get back. And maybe Chris and Wes, maybe like on the days when you're wearing black is like some kind of energy that is, that you're feeling that makes you feel that way. And then that is part of what you're going to broadcast. And maybe when you're on a, wearing something brighter, it's just because it's something, something coming from you. That's why you pulled that off the hanger and you're going to broadcast that when you're out on the street. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't know, Jim. Wes and I are goofballs, no matter what we go. I know. I wear the same bucket thing every single time I go out, but like, I look at like, you know, a guy like Peter Lindbergh, who albeit is not a street fashion, a street photographer, but he is a fashion photographer who photographed like the most beautiful people in the world, created, invented the supermodel look in the nineties with Christy Turlington and Cindy Crawford and, and Linda Evangelista and Naomi and whatnot. And you look at him and he's like, he's got like a tight black shirt on with his, with his you know, muffin top hanging over the side of jeans, probably three sizes too small. He, you know, he's, he was a chubby Schlubby dude, but they loved his energy. And I mean, the guy took the most beautiful pictures of the most beautiful people like ever, unless you go back to like, you know, Avedon and stuff like that. He's like the modern guy that probably took the most beautiful pictures of people in the past 30 years. So I think, I, I think, in, in, terms of, I think in terms of like, Oh, those guys, it was a, a much more laid back of, life right now everything is very optical very superficial i guess that's why the question really surfaced in my mind man because you know people they and people i mean i, I do this shit every day i analyze people as they walk up so i can only imagine how many like you know i, I watch people like you know if i'm driving i watch people stare at the car as i'm driving by so people are analytical about a lot and um, I feel as though when you're when you're outside, yeah, you know the munch, bro. I, I go outside if I'm going to shoot, I'm in my, I'm in a good mood, you know, like I'm I'm automatically in a good mood because I'm doing something that alters a bad mood. Yeah. It's not like I'm choosing black because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, let me be broody today. Nah, that shit just fits. New York, it's like the you know what I mean, the tri-state area uniform was short. But also, Jim, you were saying that you know you look at these pictures of these older photographers, but you also got a question when them photos was made. Like a lot of time it's photos when they were in like their older years. When they was younger, some of these they was kinda stylish. Brisson was kinda stylish. Uh anybody that was in Madden, there was a lot a lot of them were pretty stylish. If you look at some of the younger photos, the older ones, like Robin Frank never used to always look like that. Like he was a fly dude. Like <laughs> he was a fly dude. He I think he was I think the I think what I'm trying to say is that he was a fly dude from a personality standpoint. Anybody that can hang out with the Rolling Stone and do mountains of coke right next to Walter <laughs> managed to like take the pictures that he did, and the, like the guy's got—I don't know—I don't—I don't know what kind of constitution he had. But again, I think that I think it all just all. What I'm saying is, it all comes from internal. You know, like it's all—it's all the internal projection. You know, I, I think. I, you know, I mean, the clothes are window dressing, but if you're the if you're feeling shitty outside and wearing a yellow shirt, people are going to pick up on that negative energy. If you're wearing like dirty, shitty clothes with oatmeal on the front of them, but you've got a big smile on your face and a positive energy, 
you know, which is my look most of the time. Um, you, you, people give you the love, but I don't know. That's just me. Everybody has a different experience. You know, it could be the energy. I try. Energy. I, I think I try and actually dress by wherever, like I try and be neutral and fit in wherever I'm at because I don't want to be seen. So I don't want to stand out. I don't want the, like that nascent emotion that I'm capturing. I don't want that to be a response to me. I want that. I want to be like inside their head, if you will, as I'm, you know, passing by these people or capturing these people. I don't stop and pose people. So it's a little bit different in what I do. So what I wear in New York versus Boston versus Paris versus Amsterdam or London would probably all be, I mean, those are all big cities, but that's actually a little bit different um, in, in what I would wear. But I would be very, I would be, be neutral, but fit in, look like I'm a local. Like, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I want to look like I'm a local when I go to these places. But that's also part of your photographic approach because you're trying to do that kind of fly on the wall. I don't want anybody to see me, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that urban camouflage is the appropriate garb for that approach to your photography, you know? Um, to kind of blend in. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on what kind of interactions you're looking for that day. If you if you want to interact with people, it'd be better to wear something bright, grab their attention at the same time. Because a lot of times I'll be walking around, and if I'm wearing something brighter or more fashionable, I guess sometimes I'll catch them looking at me, and then I'll just start talking to them, and then I'll end up with a street portrait out of it. But if I'm just if I'm just wanting to get people like raw walking around, having interactions as they introduce to other people or whatever, then I, I'm not going to wear something as bright if that's my goal. Yeah, I notice depending on how I dress, the people react differently to your presence. And what I mean by that is sometimes I'll walk around with some dress shoes, some dress pants dress shirt, whatever. I always have my camera. So I'll walk around and when I'm taking photos wearing that, people are like 0% chance of caring that I'm there because I don't have like that threat look, you know, like, oh, this guy's he's dressed really nice. He's not going to do nothing crazy. Now I've been with the Tims, some sweats, and the hoodie on, and then you kind of get like, all right, what's this guy doing? You know what I'm saying? So I think whatever you wear can kind of change the energy in the area as far as who and what what kind of photographs you're trying to make. Ricky, you know what you should do, man? You should make a T-shirt for everybody. Put it on your website, and it's and it just is a white, bright white T-shirt that says, Ask me about street photography. <laughs> and then we'll all wear it and go out and see what kind of pictures we get. I'll do it. I can make them. Add one. Add a design under me. Uh, this one says, it's okay. I'm a photographer. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Because I know that shit's going to sell. <laughs> You're, that is, that, I would buy one of those, definitely. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to do it. Give me uh, about one week because I'm going to Tokyo in, in a few hours. So I bet when I get back, it's going to be the Jim McDermott t-shirt. 
I do the West one is better. I do want to ask the group, because um, I think this is something that gets looked over a lot, but what's your footwear when you outside running these streets? <laughs> what are you putting on your... I'm right now, I'm running around with a, with Bates version of like military boots because I'm always in the dirt, mud, or something. But, you know, outside of that, it's like a pair of Harachis, but they don't cut it. So, like, I'm always interested in knowing. Let me, let me tell you, Chris, as a woman, the struggle is real. Louboutin. I am like, I'm like, man, I want to wear like these incredible boots. So when I was in New York uh, right after Christmas, I walked 27 miles in two days. And, you know, I was, I mean, I was just walking all over and it was crazy, but I have a pair of actually black, um, who are they by? Vesta, I think they're by um, black sneakers um, that I wear. And this is going to sound super old ladyish, but I have like some inserts that I can put in them and I can walk in miles. So I got done at the end of the day and my feet were killing me, but, um, but no blisters, no issues. And like after a day of recovery, I was, I was good, but that's, it's hard. Like comfort is key. Yeah. I, I, I'm from Montreal, Canada, right? So I wear snow boots and uh, I recommend Bloodstone because they're cool, but they're warm and they don't, uh, they don't hurt at the end of the day. So uh, if you're in a cold climate, Bloodstone it is. And they're stylish, I those, kind of. I wear those too, Fred. I wear, I wear those up here. Yeah. It, it, the, you're right. Those are fantastic. New Balance. Yeah, I go with New Balance as well, man. Those are great in New York, I was averaging around 32,000 steps a day. And with new balances, man, I didn't feel anything. It was super comfortable. I feel... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even see you. Yeah, Welcome, Johan. Yeah, we talk about... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, we talk about comfort, I think, but I think out here in Seattle, it's always rainy and the streets are kind of, uh, angled. And so I better have some good traction on my shoes. It's not like Fred in Montreal, the snow, but it's rainy and you can slip and fall. So all I'm looking for is traction when I'm walking because it gets slippery out here for some reason. So safety as a photographer, you don't want to look for a shot, you start falling down, but, um, yeah, comfort, but some things you know, you think about safety. So it shows what kind of, I have a lot of old clothes. I'm wearing old shoes. So, um, I have to think about not really thinking about fashion or, but just comfort and safety. That's it for me. In case I need to run or something. I don't know. Just trying to be practical. That's all. Yeah. Darrell mentioned Hoka. And that's interesting. Cause I just found out about them when I moved down here about Hoka and like everybody had these, these sneakers. On. I think they're ugly. No, <laughs> they, they, they're not, not the most fashionable sneakers, but they comfort. they super comfortable, bro. Yeah. Like, I can wear them all day. Yeah. Okay. in New York. I don't know if you guys tried Chuck Taylor's recently. I bought a pair for Thanksgiving weekend, and I actually took them to Tokyo for that weekend. And I walked my normal distance, which is like at least eight miles a day. <clears throat> In the Converse, and it got this like memory foam on the inside. So they're, now they're kind of comfortable. I can walk all day in Tim's, um, New Balance, Nikes, obviously, Chucks, dress shoes I've done before. I have 
a pair of anybody know those low cut canvasy Ralph Lauren shoes? Uh, they, they look like skater shoes. Well, anyways, I had these and I tried doing it. I was immobilized. I couldn't walk. They were the most painful. I literally was like a rock. I couldn't move when I wore them. Like I didn't understand how important shoes are for your well-being. But these shoes incapacitated me. I could not move. And I was literally are you, like, you're not talking about Vans, are you? Because no. Vans ain't it. Vans don't they don't cut it either. No, I can do Vans too, but no, my uh it's a low low cut friends. <laughs> Man, your poor piggly wigglies if you wear some fans. Hey. <laughs> they, they, they do make vans with the cushion in it though. They're, they're trying to up their game. Aren't they? I don't know. I'll look into the Hocus. Um, I'll definitely look. I know I've seen the New Balance in action. I know Brother West wears New Balance when he be out in the street. Well, you had a pair of New Balance. I don't know if you still got them anymore, but uh, they'd be all right. They'd be pretty chill. Yeah, you had them. them I think they were gray or tan. It was, a, it was a lighter colored one. I mean, I'm sure they wasn't that color when you purchased them. Salmon and salmon shit? Those, are, um, those salmon ones are, are pumas, bro. No, no, not those. You had like a. You think about Dolo? Right? You thinking about Dolo? Dolo fucking new. Is it Dolo? It, oh yeah, because yeah, you know it was Dolo. I remember we got on him because he told him he had on dad shoes. Yeah. I mean, I will buy the shit, but I just you know I don't really buy shit like that. I've been wearing the same fucking Nikes, but like, bro, you saw me buy them and they got holes in them. Now. Yeah, <laughs> same, bro. Same. I just I bought those boots because it started getting real rainy and muddy down here. You know, I'm going to farms and stuff, photographing horses. I'm like, I cannot do these in all white Arachis. <laughs> all whites. All whites stay home. <laughs> you a sicko, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, you know, it, because it's because it's, fa- it's fashion week, I'm, right now I'm rocking a pair of platform heels, disco platform heels with the goldfish in the heels, the acrylics, you know? Yeah. Anybody remember those? All right, never mind. Yeah, um, you do. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen that shit on, on eBay one time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you know what the secret is? No matter what you're wearing, is take some Advil before you go out because it's about inflammation, you know? And if you just pop a couple of Advil, if you're going to be out walking for five, six hours, like I, I was on my feet yesterday for seven hours and, and I was fine. I mean, when the Advil wore off, I, you need, I needed to get in a fucking wheelchair. But like, but like, the um, the Advil just really helps you uh, if you're going to be out there on your feet for a long time. Yeah. Or Vicodin. You know, yeah. You like <laughs> that? Yeah. Too strong. No. Uh, I've never had a Vicodin before. Anyway, uh, anybody got anything else photography related? Any questions, topics? No? All right. So I have to be wrapping this one up because, I, like I said, I'm leaving to Tokyo early in the morning. It was great talking to you guys. Now is my shameless plug time. So just started a YouTube. So hope you guys go subscribe, like. There's four videos. I'm working on, like, five more. It's fucking... It's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, 
Shameless other plug is for the LSPC Presents Phil Penman in Tokyo. So I hope to see Jean Marie there, like we were talking about earlier. No, I'm joking. She's going to be in Bangkok. Uh, but anybody else, there's three slots open. Once they fill up, there will be a waiting list. And actually, I didn't think it was going to fill up that fast, but it did. So um, shout out to Phil Penman. He's out there doing big things. Couldn't make it today. And I got like 800 websites. I finally created a link tree on my Instagram profile. So it's kind of like I have a little bit of everything for everyone. And it's pretty much photography related. Um, podcasts. Thank you guys for being a part of this. It is always a pleasure and it's always fun. And that's all I got. Anybody else last minute? For sure. Every Sunday, mm-hmm. Brother West and I got smoke section on YouTube live. Check in, tap in. Every other week, we try to have somebody come up there and share a straight conversational photography base. Sometimes we slide off and talk about all things interesting, but it usually starts in the heart from photography. So pull up every Sunday. Um, 6.30, sometimes 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I know you're in other parts of the world. And that's what, that's what I got. All right. Go check them out. Obviously, let us know. All right. And John, you've been putting up some videos on YouTube too, right? He's muted. You're muted, John. He's coming. He's not coming. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I was on mute. Yeah, one one a month. That's what I usually do. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, any recommendations for what people may like to see? Because I will be taking my camera, my GoPro, to create additional content for my YouTube. Uh, would there... I know... Jim, he wanted to see Harajuku again. So is there anything else anyone may want to see while I'm out there and I could try to accommodate? Where are you going to be again? Uh, be in Tokyo. When I was there a couple of years ago, <laughs> I hopped on uh, any bike tour and they took us into like these areas that I never would have been to. And those were, it was those little e-bikes, cycle tours to Tokyo or something like that. It's a small little group. If you hop on the e-bike, go on one of those tours, mm-hmm. put your GoPro on your helmet or something, <laughs> love to see that. I look for there it. There you go. I look for it. Get a good look at <laughs> some of the different neighborhoods. Real, real quick that way. It's pretty oh, cool. I might do the rickshaw. That might, that That's probably a good one. Yeah. I'll go to a Sasuka and I'll sit in a little yeah. thing. They'll, they'll pull me in. Rick. I'm putting, I'm taking Rick, You know what would be, you know what would be cool other than Harajuku is, you know how Tokyo just has like weird interpretations sometimes of American culture? When you walk around, they like, it's like they'll kind of like have, like I, like as an example, I, last time I was in Tokyo was like 18 years ago. 
they had a, there was a travel agency that was selling packages to Dallas and they had a cardboard standup of JFK outside the travel shop. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, JFK probably wouldn't want to be advertised in the city of Dallas at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> so shit, shit like that. So wrong. Like when you walk, I know, but when you walk around Tokyo, it's like you just see stuff like that. Like a t-shirt that'll say something on it that like the syntax is wrong. On a, they'll like use them. They'll be trying to kind of be almost like American and use like kind of American culture to advertise something and then be like hamburger, happy fun time or something like that. I, yeah, I, I'd yeah, like yeah, to see some sure. of that. I love that shit. That's it's the best. Quirky stuff. So if you see any kind of like uh, <laughs> um, inappropriately used uh, imagery or or text, it would be great to see some of that too, man. All right. And if- photo of that uh that giant Gundam. Odaiba. Also, there's another one in Yokohama, but I was told Odaiba closed. I did see it. I've oh. been to the big giant Gundam. That thing is fucking huge. Whew. Yeah, it's big. It's pretty cool. Yeah, let me get a life size photo. Just just stand at the bottom and look up and take a foot. Yeah. Yeah. If you gotta go to the Odaiba one. Yeah. Uh, every hour on the hour, the, the Gundam uh, moves. It's pretty cool. That's no. dope. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> They'll probably step on me with my luck. I'll be smushed. And there won't be no more. Yeah, you can go to the, uh, to the Tokyo International Forum that you have it. Some, uh, some good photography opportunities there. A lot of architecture. Okay. I think... This time I'm gonna well I gotta do a lot of planning for the December workshop I got with Phil so some routes and stuff but I will have some plenty of other free time and I want to do like areas I've never been to so I'm just gonna get on a train and just get off somewhere that I don't even know e bike the e bike I'm gonna look for e bike <laughs> I, I can't guarantee I'll find it. Uh, you know what? I will I will message you the the link for that group okay. that I signed up with because yeah. they they actually they took us into other neighbors like off the beaten path. It was pretty cool. I don't have to pedal, no. do I? Because that's a deal breaker. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pedal, but it's, it's, oh it's not God. that bad. Oh, <laughs> you can do it, Ricky. I'm sure I can. But I'm, I'm gonna be all tired trying to go pro and take camera like the pictures and. Yeah. Yeah. I think the rickshaw is probably a, a solid hit though. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the e bike though. I'll, I'll I'll promise I'll look for it. All right. Any, Rickshaw's too easy, bro. That's, the harder the journey, the better the pictures. <laughs> until I hit somebody and fly off the bike. <laughs> no, no. Very careful. All right. Anybody got a, any other requests? Last minute questions. Uh, Ricky, maybe the uh, the udon and the uh, um, I mean the ramen noodle shops. I mean, just anything with the food. I mean, that's always great. I mean, oh, you know, foodie. I, I can do that here yeah. in Okinawa if you want to see pictures of food. No, no, it, it, I think it's better in Tokyo. But anyway, it is better in Tokyo. Yeah, uh, sushi, sushi conveyor belt. Yeah, oh, food. Sushi go around. Yeah, there's one next yeah. to my house. I Work there daily. Well, not daily, but I ate there yesterday actually. It was good. 
Bro, I want some cocos. I'm gonna have to go to London oh, probably man, tomorrow. Cocos. It's not the same. <laughs> Fucking missing that, missing that, bro. Yeah, it's the best level one. I mean, the one in London, the one in London is like eighty percent there. It's not the same as Japan. It's good enough, you know. But the one in Japan is the one that I really miss. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, and I guess that's it. So. Thank you guys for joining. It was a great pleasure chatting with you. Had some good conversation. And um, to the next one. And yeah, next good one. Good luck, everybody. Uh, you guys got to come with some more topics. So, <laughs> we'll do our homework. A little more interactive. So I do appreciate it. Everybody yeah. have a great day and enjoy the rest Bye, of guys. whatever you're doing. Y'all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Take care, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye. Have a good one. See you, Rich. Yep, later. Thanks. Oiga, disculpe, ¿esta es una laica?